Thanks for joining with us. All right, I have Bob Gibbons. He is a real estate advisor and tenant advocate with uh, Riata Commercial Realty. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. You also have your own show too, don't you? I do. I've been on the air for about four years, done 210, 15 shows, and that's been a lot of fun. Tell me about your show. So it's called The Next Level Show, and I interview founders of companies, entrepreneurs, people that are doing interesting things, finding better ways to do things, you know, building the better mousetrap, so to speak. And uh, I'm always fascinated by why people start companies, how they overcome challenges along the way. And uh, and what I would tell you the, the most consistent thing I've heard is that people start companies not to make money, but to fill a need that they saw in the marketplace. And money is the byproduct. So the whole idea of business people are greedy and all they're after is the money and trying to take advantage of other people to get that money is absolutely not remotely the case. That's just in the media. Yeah, that's a great show. Okay, now talk to me about Riata Commercial Realty. So Riata Commercial Realty, uh, Riata of course is an acronym for the Real Estate Advisor and Tenant Advocate that you mentioned at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are exclusively focused on representing uh, for-profit companies and nonprofit organizations and solving their real estate needs, whatever that might be. So more, most often that's gonna be somebody who needs to, um, you know, their lease is coming up to expire at some point in the near future, and they need to decide, hey, should I extend my lease where I am in the same building, or should I move to a different building? Or oftentimes they ask, should I buy a building instead of continuing to lease? And so we help them evaluate those uh, questions and uh, provide analysis to that, and. Uh, hopefully at the end of the day make sure that the real estate decision is supporting the goals and objectives of the organization not that they're just going out and doing a real estate deal for the sake of that you've been doing it for 20 years right well i've actually been in the business 35 years but the first 20 years i was on the landlord side so i used to manage and lease high-rise office buildings i was a guy that actually you know approved the budgets and capital projects and actually signed the leases for um, you know, thousands and thousands of leases around not just Dallas Fort Worth but around the country, and uh, and then I switched sides 15 years ago and only represent the users now. So I take that 20 years of landlord experience and apply that to helping the user of the real estate, the tenants that want to either lease or buy buildings. And you're currently working with two. Um, nonprofits that are near and dear to my heart, community council, and also CDFI, right? Correct, correct. So we've done a lot of work with various nonprofits throughout the Metroplex. Uh, they're a lot of fun. They're, it's a different animal than a for-profit company because, uh, I mean, think of a church, for example. You know, a church, you're not dealing with one individual who's making a decision. You're dealing with a committee. Mm. And, uh, and actually, that's also very common with uh, law firms. Law firms, you're not usually dealing with one person who owns the company, you're dealing with all the partners. So in that regard, it's similar, but in most cases, for-profit companies have a much smaller and streamlined uh, decision process than nonprofits do. But both are great. We like serving all of them. Now, um, tenants are not landlords' primary clients. That's a statement you've made. I'd like to yes. know better about that. Well, tenants like to think that they're the primary client of a landlord because they're the ones paying the rent on the lease. 
However, that's not really the case. Uh, in my last uh, job where I was on the landlord side, I was what's called an asset manager. So the asset manager is the person who has the overall responsibility for the financial performance of a property. Well, many, many companies are out there that are investors in real estate. And let's just say you know that you start a real estate investment company. Well, most of that money used to buy that building is not your personal money in most cases. You're going to get a loan for 60 or 70% of that, but then you have to raise you know, 30, 40% of the value in equity from other investors. So those other investors are actually your number one client because if you perform well on that investment, they're going to go in with you on the next investment and the next investment and it allows you to perpetuate your real estate investment business. So you, so that's actually the number one client of most landlords. The number two client of landlords is actually the tenant rep. And when I was an asset manager, I spent most of my time pursuing relationships with tenant representatives because I knew that that tenant representative would have the opportunity over, let's say, a five-year period to bring me multiple opportunities with various clients. So they're number two. The tenant actually signs a lease on average once every five years. So while they're an extremely important client to the landlord, they're not the number one or even the number two client because they sign a lease and then there's no new opportunity for that landlord in most cases for that five-year period or 10-year period, however long the lease is going to be. So tenants are in third place, which sounds worse than it really is, especially if they're working with a tenant rep who's number two, that brings them up a little bit on the food chain. Now, what about the conflicts of interest? There's a lot of them. I want you to get through some of the big ones. So the biggest conflict of interest is, let's say um, you're going to sue me. Are you going to come to me and say, hey, Bob, I'm going to sue you. Let's share an attorney. (laughs) No. Sounds ludicrous, right? Yeah. But that happens all the time in real estate. You'll hire, I'm not going to pick on anybody, but you pick one of the big boys. Okay. And that big boy is going to represent you as the landlord. But guess what? They're going to represent me as the tenant. And yes, it's a different individual, but it's still the same company. So is that really a conflict of interest or not? I think it's a huge conflict of interest. Some of the biggest companies, commercial real estate companies in the country, they will have somebody who uh, was the broker to buy the building. They may actually own the building, one of their entities. They represent the landlord. They're the property manager, the lease and agent. And they may have even had other um, ways of being involved in the building. And now they have a tenant that they represent they're bringing to that same building. So they're involved in so many aspects of it. I don't think that's really in the client's best interest, the client being the tenant, and that client's best interest. And they'll tell you, hey, we have totally separate groups. They don't talk to each other. I will tell you that is absolutely not the case. It can be. Because when I was a... A, uh, an asset manager, I had outside companies that leased buildings on my behalf. And one of their pitches to me was, we're going to put a tenant rep on your team so they know what deals are coming through the pipeline sooner than the rest, and you're going to get a preview of that. And this is the biggest companies in America and the world. And so I know for a fact that when one of the investment brokers who is trying to sell the building gets the rent roll, sometimes that happens to find its way to the hands of the people that are doing the property management leasing. And then that same thing may end up in the hands of the tenant rep. So I just think that it's better for the tenant to know that they're really solely and exclusively represented by somebody who has only their best interests in mind and has no other ulterior motives. What about office uh, occupancy costs? 
Well, office occupancy costs are usually the second highest expense of most companies, most organizations. Number one is always going to be personnel. So the um, the uh, salaries, the benefits, everything related to the people, that's going to be number one. But people are highly variable. It's a variable cost because you can lay people off and hire them relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. But once you've got a lease, you're now stuck in that lease for whatever period of time that lease is for, five years, 10 years, whatever. And so if you want to you know, move to a different location, if you outgrow that space, your options are really to just go lease something else and sublease your space at a discount 95% of the time, or to leave some people in that location and add another location somewhere else, which is, from a management standpoint, highly inefficient. So, um, so real estate really has to be managed very closely and make sure that it's always gonna be filling the objectives and goals of the organization, but it's the second highest expense, so it needs to be something that, that is really looked at uh, regularly. I, I agree with you. Um, tenants and their advocacy needs. Talk to me about that. Well, most tenants only think about their real estate needs whenever a lease is coming up for expiration. And, uh, and you know, I understand that because, you know, hey, I've, I've signed my lease. I'm done for five years. I can coast from here. I don't need to think about it. I got better things, my business, sales of my own products or services to deal with. And that makes total sense. However, there are things that come up throughout the lease term that they need to be focused on, but they're really not experts in commercial real estate. They really don't know how to deal with it. I'll give you a couple of quick examples. Every year, the operating expenses of a building, is uh, those expenses are distributed out to the tenants. How do the tenants have any clue whether those expenses are appropriate? Are they the right amount? Are they consistent with industry standards? Are they consistent with the lease? So they need somebody watching out for them throughout the lease term. Another example would be something called an estoppel. So an estoppel is really nothing more than a statement by the tenant saying that all these terms of the lease are actually accurate and there are no defaults by me as the tenant or by you as the landlord uh, and everything's cool. Well, that's necessary whenever the landlord is going to I'm sorry, going to uh, refinance the building or sell the building because the lender or the buyer wants to, wants to make sure that the information the landlord gave to them is in fact true. So they ask the tenants, hey, is what the landlord told us true? That's called an estoppel. Somebody needs to be looking over that, who knows what they're doing, and is gonna cross-check that with the lease itself. So those are things that the tenant needs, and there's a lot of other ones I won't take the time to, to go into, but that's one of the reasons why we created what we call the Riata Lease Track System. So we manage the leases for our clients. Uh, so those two things I just mentioned are things that we provide, the review of the expenses, the review of the estoppel. We also look at their lease every three months and say, this is what you need to know about for the next three months. In fact, we just did this for all of our clients this, uh, this last week. Uh, we just said, all right, for the third, fourth quarter of 2019, these are the things you need to know about. Maybe there's a bump in rent coming up. Maybe there's an, ex uh, um, an option of some sort and you need to decide, are you going to exercise that option or not? Um, all kinds of stuff that come up. And so we'll proactively let them know about those things, advise them on those things. And the good news is we don't charge them for that. And that may sound like it's crazy because it's a real cost, takes real time out of our pockets. But the good news is they need the service. They need somebody who's an expert in real estate to do this for them. And it's a marketing expense for us. Who's going to be top of mind for them when it's time to expand, open up another location, give a referral? It's going to be us. And we don't, 
we don't pretend otherwise. You know, we're not here for total uh, altruism. You know, we need to make a living too. We need to feed our families and keep this going so we can provide this service. So that's the way we get paid is in the long run is to have repeat clients and a growing customer base because they refer us. Good. Good. Bob, thanks for being a guest today. Thanks so much, Michael. Appreciate it very much. Me too. All right. You've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.